Hello, story lovers. I'm Laurel McCarg, host of Alligator Preserves. And in today's crazy episode, I'm going to tell you about an embarrassing thing that happened to me recently. Well, maybe it wasn't quite embarrassing. Although if someone had seen what happened, it would have been more than embarrassing. It's about losing my underwear, which was really more of an inconvenient situation. And it led me to remember a piece that I wrote about my mom that is certainly more poignant, but also about underwear. So stay tuned. Welcome to Alligator Preserves, a weekly podcast about revealing yourself through storytelling, story reading, and story writing, but probably not story arithmetic, because that's not a thing. You just might surprise yourself with the secrets you'll uncover. Okay, so here's what happened. Now, some of you may know that we have recently moved from Leadville, Colorado, to a place about an hour away down to Salida, Colorado, in a beautiful place on a county road. And I decided that I was going to start my fitness routine again by, oh, let's call it slogging, very slow jogging. And I did this last week on a a Monday, a Wednesday, and a Friday, and started up again this week. Well, on the second day, which was last Wednesday, I put on my shorts and my jogging apparel, and I have good shoes, and it was a lovely, beautiful, sunny morning. It was warm, and I noticed about, I don't know, a quarter of a mile down the road, maybe it wasn't even that far, that something was not quite right in the shorts department. (laughs) And something was definitely sliding down. And so I reached down into my shorts and realized that my underwear had started to slip off my hips. (laughs) And they were kind of hanging down on on both sides. And it was uh, rather uncomfortable. Well, anyway, I pulled them back up, thinking that would do the trick and continued on my slog only to have them slip down again very quickly thereafter. And I realized that there's no way I'm going to be able to keep running, jogging, or even walking like this with my underwear falling down inside my shorts. (laughs) Now, first of all, I have to ask, ask you out there, how many of you have a hard time getting rid of underwear? having to buy, maybe it's because we hate having to buy new underwear, but it's like we hold on to underwear until they're ratty and until obviously there's no elastic left in the waistband or the the hip band as the case may be. Mine were totally shot, obviously. So I'm kind of out in the middle of nowhere because like I said, I'm on this county road and I decide that they've got to come off and I look around, there's no one on the road, it's early in the morning, and the bottom of my shorts have kind of wide openings on the legs. So imagine, if you will, reaching up from under one short leg and pulling down on that side of the underwear, getting your knee through it, and then balancing on your other leg while you pull your sneakered foot through the opening, (laughs) the, the left side of the leg, if you will. 
And then once that's accomplished, it's quite easy then to just reach under the other short leg and uh, pull the whole pair of underwear out from, from that leg, which I did. And then I continued my run and it was ever so much more comfortable. But then I was thinking, well, what, what am I going to do with these? I mean, it's not like they're huge or anything, but they're, you know, obviously a pair of underwear rolled up in my, in my hand. <laughs> and if someone were to stop and say, oh, how are you doing? <laughs> what is that you're carrying and why? <laughs> anyway, um, I knew I needed to get rid of them. And so at the end of the road, where I typically do my first turnaround at the first stop sign, there's a house. And it just happened to be trash day for that house because the trash can was out front and it was even open. And so I thought, well, it was a house where when I had pulled in about a month ago, I saw the owner and I waved at him and he didn't wave back. So I just decided I'm leaving my underwear in his trash can. I, I just made that decision. So then my next decision when I got there was, well, do I lay them blatantly across the top of his trash because it is open after all, wondering if, you know, he might be bringing more things out and what would that look like if if he saw this pair of underwear laying across his trash can? What might he think? <laughs> and might he call the police? Not that I think he was a rocket scientist or even a rock scientist for that matter, if that's a thing. But I could just imagine later, and this is where my imagination goes, I could just imagine later a knock on my door and the Salida Police Department saying, excuse me, miss, are these your underwear? (laughs) We've run a DNA analysis. (laughs) We think perhaps they're yours. (laughs) Anyway, I decided instead of laying them flagrantly across the top of his trash, I would tuck them neatly underneath one of the boxes that was in there. So that's what I did. I left my underwear in his trash and no police have visited me since. So I think I can stop worrying about that. And uh, if I see the guy again, I'll wave again. And if he doesn't wave back, well, I might have to think of what else I could leave in his trash. (laughs) Anyway, as this was all happening, and I was laughing about losing my underwear, it reminded me of a piece that I wrote but never published a couple of years ago, back in April of 2017, after visiting my mom. So I'd like to share that piece with you now, if that's okay with you. And it's called Thinning Out. And again, I wrote this back in April of 2017. Thinning Out. The act of throwing away her underwear undid me. My first, possibly last visit to mom in Florida was a whirlwind Mom had had a stroke, and I didn't know how I'd find the hundred-pound woman who had already lived 88 full years. I had visited her just three months earlier, and the mom I found in January was a whisper of her autumn self. None of us knew how she'd recover from her stroke, but slowly recover she did. And my January escape from snow and below-freezing temps in Leadville was therapeutic for me and perhaps mom too. February passed with frequent phone calls and growing concerns over mom's fading energy and growing petulance. You should go visit her again, my awesome husband suggested. And when my Florida family agreed, I booked an early March visit. Discussions between mom's five daughters 
culminated in a plan even the Grand Dame approved, an eventual move back to New England and into a lovely assisted living complex within walking distance from our baby sister. Concerns over cost were quickly dispelled, unless she lived to be 95, at which point would have to suggest she start drinking again, heavily. Mom was ready to go home as soon as she'd made the decision. It was an idea she'd proffered over a year earlier, so the week was another whirlwind of phone calls and forms fulfilling and doctor approvals and thinning out of Mom's belongings. Get rid of it. Thin out. I won't need much, really. Mom directed me with each item I pulled from her closet. Those can be shipped now. Those can go to Goodwill, and those... Will you wear those? I asked. No? Goodwill, then. She was perceptibly weaker. Her feet were cold and swollen and often felt detached from her. She struggled to navigate her walker around the cul-de-sac, but chuckled appreciatively at how her sturdy, almost two-year-old great-grandson strode ahead of her, pushing his pop-pop lawnmower. I saw in her expression how much she wished she could walk like he now walked, confidently, boldly, fearlessly. I can't fall again, she said. Stepping into the shower that afternoon, she showed me the frightful bruise on her hip from a fall just days before my visit. We couldn't believe how lucky she'd been not to have broken anything, including the glass table she somehow missed on her way to the floor. How'd she fall? Trying to do too many things at once, of course, as she'd done with ease most of her life. I found it impossible not to examine the frail, naked body of my 30-year-older reflection. We had recently looked at photos of the Iceman, a perfectly preserved mummy from around 3300 B.C., my mom's bones weren't covered with much more than what I saw in the photo on his bones. What a thing a body is when it has endured well beyond its use-or-freeze-by date. So my second, possibly last visit with mom passed with decisions and laughter and prayers that should make it back home. We all knew she didn't want to die in Florida, though she told us more than once how much she'd been missing her Marco Polo. Hard to believe Dad's been gone over three years already. I returned to Colorado and waited to hear when there'd be an opening for Mom in her new home. We learned she could move in within one month and kept the prayers going. But challenges in Florida escalated, and a call from my sister two weeks later with news of another mini-stroke left me conflicted. You should go back. You don't want to have any regrets. I looked at my husband with gratitude beyond compare, and after several more calls, one of them to my mom who could barely speak coherently, leaving me in tears, I booked my third, possibly last visit with mom, a woman bound and determined to take her last breaths in New England's ocean air. One evening during that visit, we all watched the House of Cards episode in which Claire delivers a full vial of morphine to her dying mother. And I cried. Fiction, but not really. Too close, too real. 
I've been pretty good so far, not crying, except for my breakdown after that painful phone call with mom. I'm as ready for her next transition as she professes to be, but still. When you've had someone telling, suggesting? No, telling you how you should be doing things your whole life, you get to wondering what ridiculous things you might do without that frequent, oh-so-frequent loving advice. Might I actually dye my hair black again? Or bungee jump off a low bridge? Or maybe I'll move somewhere even more impractical than Leadville. It could happen. Not the bungee jumping, but other things. We thinned out a lot more that week, and when our baby sister came down to visit as part of a transition team, we even took Mom out shopping for a few things. Shoes she could slip her feet into without laces or Velcro or need of a shoehorn. A couple of fresh chemises, new jammies, three new silk undies. She maneuvered her walker well and sat patiently as we brought her things to try. The excursion tired and excited her. She was getting her new school clothes. She would soon meet new friends in her cozy dorm. Baby sister and her hubby had spent the previous week moving in her furniture and supplies and homey touches and meeting her potential new friends in the process. They were all excited to meet the new girl. That same evening, we convinced Mum to try the adult undergarments at night, just to see how they'd work, and she did. There had been some incidents in past weeks. She said they were comfortable. We marveled at what a good sport she'd been with our constant, only sometimes gentle suggestions. Try putting your fork down between bites like Laurie had to do at West Point. You might want to use your napkin more frequently. Your feet won't swell as much if you don't cross your legs. Mom, please don't talk while you're chewing. We didn't want her to embarrass herself in front of strangers. She'd been most proper for most of her life. The last day of my visit, she had another incident. We heard her bathroom sink water running for a long time. I went to check on her. Be right out, she said. When she finally joined us back at the table, we heard how effective the undergarments had been. Guess I just didn't move fast enough. We three daughters exchanged glances. Who'd be the one to suggest she wouldn't be using her brand new silk undies? I can't even remember which of us said it, but I do remember she didn't even try to protest. While she was in the shower... I removed the delicate underwear from her travel carry-on. She insisted on packing days before her flight for return to the store. And I also removed the ones she'd been using in Florida for the past three months. Trash? I asked my Florida sister. She nodded yes. I looked at the four little pair of cotton undies for several moments before dropping them into the trash. And then I cried. That ends the piece I wrote but never published. And I'm happy to report that Mum did make it back to New England and had a lovely place and met some wonderful people and lived for another good six months, regaining even her ability to wear lovely little undies until the very end when a final stroke took her from us. 
It was a blessing to be there at the very end. And after the funeral, we marveled at how little Mom left us to take care of and to to thin out. She had been thinning out for years. I once called Mom a catch-and-release shopper. Shopping was like hunting for her. She would hunt for the best bargains. And inevitably, she'd end up giving whatever she purchased away to me, to whomever, or should return it and get something else for an even better bargain. It's funny how different little incidents bring back memories from earlier days. Well, that's the definition of a memory, isn't it? It's something from an earlier day. And even sad memories contain moments of humor. And I know Mama would have laughed hysterically at my story about losing my underwear <laughs> that day. And as kind of an interesting coincidence, later that day I received a message that my voicemail box was full and someone couldn't leave me a message. So I went back through there and went to delete them all. Of course, I, I checked my messages first to see what was there. And at the very bottom were some messages that I had kept from a previous voicemail deletion episode they were from my mom and I kept them because, you know, sometimes you just like to hear your mom's voice. And this one is both funny and appropriate to what I was just telling you about losing my underwear. So here is one of my mom's messages that I saved. Laurel McCag, I'm just calling to thank you for my book of poetry about the bears we're always bear, you and I, for some reason or other. We like bears. <laughs> so just want to say hi, honey. I'm fine and have a most glorious day. Uh, it's a 10 out of 10. <laughs> so talk to you later. Bye-bye. That message was left on August 26th, 2017, just a couple of months before she died. I do hope you enjoyed this episode. And if your mom and dad, mom or dad, are still in your lives, please, every once in a while, take a moment to say hello to them, see how they're doing, and maybe even ask them some questions. Get some recordings of them. I've got lots of both my mom and dad and Someday I'll do something with those. You can find today's show notes with links and photos on my website at leadvillelaurel.com. You could email me at laurel at strackpress.com. Let me know what you think. Maybe give me some suggestions of what you might want to hear next. And follow me on Twitter at leadvillelaurel. If you enjoyed this and other episodes, please subscribe to Alligator Preserves on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts to keep up with my latest episodes and tell your friends about it. I hope you'll help support Alligator Preserves on Patreon. Check out the rewards you'll receive at patreon.com slash alligatorpreserves. And join me next time when I'll talk about something completely different. My mom and dad both loved marmalade on their toast in the morning. Something that I'm growing more fond of as the years pass. Until next time, check the elastic in your underwear before you go for a run. <laughs> And treat yourself. Get yourself some new undies. <laughs> Bye. 
Alligator Preserves is hosted and produced by Laurel McCard, with technical support provided by her husband, Mike McCard. Follow her on her website at leadvillelaurel.com, where she writes about life, real, and imagined. If you enjoyed this podcast, you might enjoy her books. Find her work at amazon.com.